You're listening to Date Smarter Sexier with your host, matchmaker and dating coach, Andrea LaRosa, accompanied by co-host Kanan, where we're talking about everything love, sex, and relationships. Now let's get chatting. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Hey, 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 listeners, we love to have you with us and back for another super duper awesome episode about sex. sex. <laughs> and we just love talking about sex. At it's some been point, fun talking about sex. Right. But at some point, I'm sure we'll get tired of talking about sex. And I don't think our listeners will get tired of hearing about sex. Wait, I don't, I don't think know. so. I'm not sure. It's like I am almost like, what should we do next season already? Like, oh, I've been thinking that should it be a a hybrid of both? Should we just bring in? Because I feel like sometimes we talk about sex, sometimes we talk about love because it's like in life, I feel like there are times when you're single, there are times when you're coupled, uh, sometimes last longer than others. But I feel like both information kind of applies because there are times where we're talking about things and you're talking about single life. I'm like, oh, I remember that so vividly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like whether it's sex or dating or relationships or like the woes of both. I don't know. Right. Maybe I agree. Hybrid. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. something that I'm constantly telling people is no matter what phase of a relationship you are in, whether you are single as fuck or you are married (laughs) 20 years, you have to date. You still have to maintain that idea of we go on dates, you know, first date, fifth date, 5,000 dates later, whatever it is. Even when you are in a long-term relationship, it is so important that you continue to go on dates. In fact, I was just out the other day with Gabby. Do you remember her from the sex fantasies? Mm -hmm. We went to dinner at this place in Pismo and we were sitting at the bar, having dinner, having drinks and people watching. I love people watching. It's so much fun. (laughs) Right? There are two separate couples Mm -hmm. in this one section of the restaurant one set a couple, one set were in a booth, but they were shoulder to shoulder. So they were sitting next to each other in the booth. And the other couple was at a table sitting next to each other. And the couple at the table, they probably were all around the same age. Both couples were married. We even got like the wait staff in on this like conversation at the people who were waiting on them. So like really kind of spark up this conversation of how one couple looked like they had the most boring relationship I'd ever seen. And the other one were just this, they looked like newlyweds, but we got the wait staff to go and like chit chat with them. And no, they, they were married for quite some time. And the couple that seemed really engaged with each other, she was leaning over, she was touching him constantly. She just had like this sparkle in her eyes for him. And they'd been married for years. Mm-hmm. It was, it was beautiful to see the other couple that were sitting next to each other, shoulder to shoulder. He barely looked at her. They like occasionally would just snap his head over like, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to look at you and then look forward again. And they didn't seem like they were really talking very much. She didn't really smile much. 
it just felt like this is their required date night without the kids. They didn't seem like they liked each other much. <laughs> How long were they together? Did you find they out? were together years as well. Interesting. It's funny that you bring this up because every Sunday, well, I don't know if I should get too much weight on the show because I'm saying, you know, if I become a celebrity, I mean, I don't know if that's for sure. Either Anyway, but every weekend, my husband and I go to this restaurant and, you know, it's like our thing, like almost to the point where we wake up that morning of that specific day and we're like, yay, we get to go to what's its place tonight. I'm so excited. But on our recent trip, we went there and we got in a booth. And we were going into the booth. He sat down first. And then I started to sit there. It's a long booth. So I started to get closer and closer to him. And he was like, okay, do I need to move away from you? I'm like, what's wrong? He says, I want to sit across from you, not next to you. So I'm like, it's funny you say that because it was important to him to be able to sit across from me, to be able to look at me and chat with me versus sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that you bring that up. It's just those little subtle things, I guess, that you do as a couple that keep the spark alive versus if you're not even looking at the person, you're looking at everybody else in a restaurant. How are you even engaged with each other? Wow. Right. Very and interesting. I, I would say it would be okay if he had his arm around her, if he was sitting next to her because he wanted to touch, right? Yeah. If they were big on touch and he put his arm around and he was constantly like looking, he never looked at her. Wow. I couldn't believe it. She didn't look at him very often either, but like they weren't touching each other. They weren't really looking at each other. It was clearly an avoidant way of just going out, having dinner, having the necessary conversation that looked like it would be more exciting to watch paint dry, to be honest. Yeah. I don't get relationships like that. The same way I don't get people who have babies with people they freaking hate. And what I mean by that is like the, the one night stands or, or, you know, those things that turn sour and things like that. That being said, it's so interesting, the relationships that we choose. And I feel like when it comes to sex, we could all be having much better sex and all that if we picked better partners, because the restaurant situation, the restaurant scenario that you just pointed out is, I see it so much when I'm out. Like we go to Palm Springs sometimes, we'll see like a young couple on, they're sitting across from each other now, but they're on their cell phones the entire time. And I'm just sitting here like, what is it like at home for them? Like to be a fly on a wall, to see mm. them being romantic with the art. Do they touch each other? Romantic? Do you think they're romantic? <laughs> I don't think so. And I think so many of us don't even see that. Like you see these, these uh, not these, but I do it too. Uh, some couples that are just on their phone the entire time. Mm-hmm. How are they sexually? Like, is it like microwave sex? Is it just, you know, I'm open my legs, you do your thing, let's get each other off. And I'm going with my days. So I could go back to scrolling Twitter or Instagram or Facebook like I was doing before. You interrupted mm-hmm. me with your genitals. I always wonder what is sex like for most modern people if it if it isn't just an instant gratification type situation. I would assume watching couples like that, and this is an assumption. I don't know. I don't know them. I'm not sitting at home with them, but even to our listeners, think about your own relationships, current or past relationships. I've been in relationships where it becomes that mundane. Okay. This is what we do. We go to dinner and we 
have the <laughs> same conversation or we're scrolling. I don't take my phone like out. So the phone thing isn't it wouldn't happen with me. But yeah, the sex gets boring mm-hmm. when I've noticed in my own relationships when the conversation becomes this mundane, what'd you do today? How was your day? What are you mm-hmm. doing tomorrow? Like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not, this is this is all this is all we got, huh? Yeah. The sex becomes very vanilla, just the same way. Like, I'll put it in, we can have sex, <laughs> I'll take it out. <laughs> Did you come yet? Okay, good. I got to go wash those clothes. It's funny that we're talking about this in a way too, because this has been like a topic of discussion for the, for the revival of the sex in the city show. And just like that with one of the main characters, I like it. A lot of people have been complaining about it. um, That all these, this is so out of touch, but you know, shit can happen in your life. You can become a completely different person based on circumstance. And I think with that main character Miranda is going through, I think a lot of people go through in a midlife crisis. You look at your, your family life, you're like, is this really what I want? And then you're also thinking about the fact that the clock is death. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm in a mundane quote unquote relationship. My husband, when I, he kisses me or when she kisses me, I feel nothing. I'm numb at home. I'm numb at work. I just want to feel alive before I die. So I can see that happening to that kind of person if they have a corporate job or if their life is very routine, their sex life is very routine, their, their love life is very routine. I can see someone wanting to inject some life back mm-hmm. into themselves if they're dealing with that. Which makes me think of the stark difference between coupled sex sometimes and single sex. I mean, if you're lucky to have a relationship where it's fire all the time, great. But the thing about single sex is it's always like that layer of they could leave. <laughs> I'm right. kind of right. lucky to have this right now. So let me cherish this and have a good time because it may not happen again. When you're single, you're still exploring and learning about your partner and you're trying out new things. Now, they may not be, for example, new positions, right? Mm -hmm. These might not be new positions for you, but it's new positions for you and this particular partner. And if you switch partners, then it's, again, new positions with you and that new partner. So there's this exploration that happens in the beginning, but eventually you kind of run out of shit to do. And if you're not super kinky, which is totally understandable, not everyone is like, I have my own personal, like I won't do certain things. It's just not, (laughs) it's not me, but I'm not going to like venture out just because our sex life is getting a little bit boring. There's other ways to spice it up. And we've talked about this in other episodes, but yeah, couples, you know, I do, I don't want to give anything away on that show just in case like our listeners haven't seen it yet, but there's some really amazing moments that she is going through that I think they did a really good job of showing how the monotony of her life, there's nothing wrong with her husband. There's nothing wrong with her. It's just not stimulating for her anymore. And they're having a good time. You know, they have their their ice cream dessert thing that they do and they Mm. sit down and watch TV and it's nice and it's chill and it's relaxed, but you have to throw in some sparkle, some pizzazz in there. It can't be that every single night. 
or your sex life is going to pay the price. And I think that's what we're seeing in that, in that show. Sorry if I gave anything away to anyone. I definitely didn't want to spoil anything. I don't know how it ends. I don't think so. Because I think it's life, whether we spoil it or not, if they're not experienced, if you're listening to this, if you've not experienced this, you know, someone who has, or is dealing with this right now, where they're just like, like what makes someone cheat? They want to feel something. Right, right, right. I mean, and look at our parents. Yeah. How many of us have watched our parents be in relationships or marriages where it's like, why are you still together? Yeah. But it's it's a belief. Well, we're supposed to stay together. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think, because I feel like when I'm, okay, so lately a lot of people have been passing away and all it has me thinking about is, Life feels so rich sometimes if we take, if we, if we go after what we want, if we, we really like um, eat the fruit of life, I, I don't know, whatever metaphor you can come up with. <laughs> I feel like it, there's a lot of great feelings that can be had in life. And it makes me sad sometimes to see that too many of us can go out of it, not experiencing rich relationships, not experiencing someone having an unwavering love and attraction for you at all times, having that that hot sex life. Mm -hmm. So it makes me wonder like, what is most important? Because whether you're in a couple relationship or you're single, I almost feel like there's always a grass is greener on the other side situation going on. With every situation, of course, absolutely. With work, with love lives, with everything, you know, women who have curly hair want straight hair. Women with straight hair want curly hair. Like, it's Men who are like tall that. want to be short. You know, it's, it could go on and on and on. Right, right. Yeah. So the grass is always greener on the other side until you're on the other side. And then you go, oh, it's the same, same color green. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Let me go back onto the other side again. Yeah. So what do you do then? It's like, okay. So it's like, we're talking about being in a relationship versus being single and what sex life is like. And there is a point sometimes where it does happen in your sex life. If you're mm-hmm. a couple, you want to be single again. I feel like it's almost inevitable for people that feelings of, oh, I want to, what would it be like to, I mean, I'm not speaking for myself right now, but I, I have friends right, right. that I, I have experienced it in the past where it's like, oh, I would love to see what it's like to, you know, just be out there and free and just like, you know, be doing things. I hear things that all the time from all- friends. They won't do yeah. it. Don't get me wrong. But- yeah. yeah. But it's like, w- what happens in our sex lives that makes that happen? And, and like you, we've given plenty of suggestions in the show, you Absolutely. know, um, things they can do to spice up the sex life, you know, things you could do to open up the lines of communication with your partner to be like, hey, let's try a couple of new things. Right. In your there's a biological side though too that we have to be aware of. Now don't don't get me wrong, I'm not a biologist, so I can only like go down this rabbit hole so far. (laughs) 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 You know, we have to be aware that as we age, if you've been in a relationship or a marriage for long term and you're getting older and getting older, and it's 10 years and it's 20 years, especially with a male that testosterone levels start to decrease. And women and men, if you are in a heterosexual relationship, we're never on the same page. We never get on the same. I don't even understand why we're supposed to be together, to be honest. 
we never get on the same page about anything really, but like our sexuality is never on the same page. Men kind of peak in their twenties, women peak in their thirties. And then as men get older, their testosterone starts to decrease even more. And sometimes when women go through menopause, their sex drive goes up again. So it's just like, when the hell do we catch a break? And I almost wonder what would the world look like if we all, I'm just pulling this out of the air. I could be completely off. If we all live like the, the, the Broadway show hair, you know, we're just <laughs> natural, naked. Everybody's taking the, the, the village raises the children. No one's really married. If I want to have sex with him, I go have sex with him. If I want to go have sex with her, I go have sex with her. But you know what? There's no commitments. We're all just one big happy family because it's interesting sometimes. Like the concept of monogamy. We, in one of our recent shows, we had our guest who was very, you know, passionate about how it might not be a thing, mm-hmm. which then always has me thinking about our sex lives. It's like, would we be happier if maybe we weren't like um, committed to being in two and like twosomes and maybe we like had sex with like random people? Could people be happy with that kind of family construct or is the construct of like, you know, two individuals coming together and starting a house or whatever that may look like. Is that important? Like is, is being single ultimately bad? Should the goal always be, and this is weird to ask a dating Uh, relationship coach. Like, no, 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 no. I get where you're going with this. I get where you're going with this. So I literally just saw a comment the other day on the Facebook group about this mm-hmm. where two people were having a conversation and one of them said that he was single and he's okay with being single. And she was pretty much saying, yeah, me too. On the flip side of that, while I see people, you know, even the people that my team reaches out to, to try and come on for services or join my program, they always say like, you know what, I'm, I'm okay with being single right now. But yet they're still out there trying to date. They're in groups where they're talking about being single and wanting to date. They're still trying to pursue dating. Mm -hmm. If you are okay with being single, I think there's a difference. I think there is wanting to be single and saying, I'm okay with being single right now. Life is good. Okay, whatever. (laughs) And, (laughs) And the difference is, you know what? I am happy as I am, but I am seeking a connection with someone. I am seeking a relationship because what does a relationship do? It allows us to have this intimate connection that we don't have with other people, especially if you're a single parent and you have kids and you're thinking, but you know, I've, I got enough love in my life. Great. That's awesome. But do you have intimate love? Do you have intimacy in your life? Cause mm-hmm. you're not getting that from your kids. Yeah. And having a one night stand every so often when you do decide to get the itch to go on a few dates, that's not real intimacy either. You don't even know that person. Mm -hmm. So real intimacy comes from having this true connection with another person. And when you are in an intimate relationship with them, you know, with your husband, with your wife, with your long-term partner or long-term partners, as we've talked about before. Mm -hmm then you have a whole new level of connection. You have a whole new level of bonding. 
And history has proven to us that when you have partner in your corner, you can do amazing things. You can do so many more things with your work life, with, you know, exploring and traveling. People tend to travel more when they have a partner. So there's just, there's a lot of benefits to having that level of a connection. So sure, if somebody wants to sit back right now and be like, Andrea, I like being single. I'm okay with it. I'm happy. I'm awesome. I'm glad you're happy. You should be happy. But being in a partnership with another person will bring your life to a whole new level. And that's what's interesting about it because that's like the key that you need sometimes to have a successful life, to have, like to build a business, to have that stability at home, to have all of that. And yet, let's just be (laughs) honest, as time goes on, the sex goes like that. But I see my single friends that are very kind of promiscuous that enjoy the hookups and whatnot. They, they're like always oh, fucking different people all the time. They seem to be happy and they always say they want a relationship and they get in a relationship that they're not happy. Mm-hmm. But then they're, I, I don't want to judge them. <laughs> I think everyone so, yeah. should, should do what they want, but at the exact same time, they aren't working towards like a bigger goal, you know? They are ambitious towards something uh, in the relationship or in general, in general. Mm. So I almost feel like sometimes are couples just like people who are just kind of sort of boring and aren't really that excited about the, the, the complexity of sex when you're single and are just happy with pursuing other things. No, I think, I mean, when you get into a long-term relationship, if you are in a monogamous one, because we are really talking about monogamy, yeah. we are going to kind of dive into this in another episode later on. But for this purpose, we are really focusing on the monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. And yes, when a couple gets together and I mean, maybe it's a year down the road, maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10 years. Sex will change. Yeah. A lot of times when we look at our sex lives, we have less sex. Yes. Later on in life, your sex drive is not as high. Your need for it isn't necessarily there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Men lose testosterone, which means they're not going to always be able to get it up, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but also their sex drive decreases when their testosterone decreases. Mm -hmm. But as long as you're having some level of intimacy, I think that's really what's important. I know we're all like, we've been talking about sex, 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 but it's really boils down to, you need to maintain intimacy. You cannot lose that intimacy with your partner and intimacy and sex are two different things. You can be intimate without the sex. And I think that's really what's important is find a way to maintain that level of intimacy because otherwise your roommates who occasionally bang. Yeah. And I think that happens sometimes to a lot of couples and that affects your sex. Like the other day, I mean, I don't like to give, I mean, I actually do give a lot away on this show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My husband surprised me with a little afternoon delight. Usually doesn't Ooh, do that. Nice. Yeah, usually doesn't do that. So 
when it happened, it was so nice. And I actually had a headache when he approached me. And at first I was going to be like, <laughs> I was going to pull the whole, no, honey, I have a fucking headache. I can't right now. But I said, you know what? Let me so get cliche. into it. Let me get into it because it might clear up my headache. And now I have a new fantasy that's in my, I guess I'll just say my spank bank or whatever. So I, I, I do think that it is important to like surprise your lover because I feel like that thing, mm-hmm. that routine, like I, I don't know if humans are particularly like just our makeup. If we're just used to want routine, maybe we just don't want routine and routine just kills everything. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get too explicit with that, but right. the fact that he broke the routine a little and, and did this nice surprise thing, add a little extra something to our relationship for, you know, however long this is going to last. And I think for like couples versus, I think the thing about single sex, and I think when people are in relationships and they think about their single days, is just that level of excitement, just that level of surprise, just that level of, oh, you know, because you never know, you know, you're sitting at your house waiting for your hookup. You don't know really how it's going to turn out. Like It could be a disaster or it could be great. But then we get in relationships and it's great in the beginning and then we get bored and then it becomes like this nice, stable thing. We have a wonderful house. We built a business together. We're a power couple. We look great in our Instagram images, (laughs) but he or she hasn't given me a blowjob in four years, but everything else is wonderful. So it's like, I think that's when you ask for it or say, um, Hey babe. So I think it's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Since you've gone down on me, can we can we talk about that? Yeah, <laughs> it's the, adding the level of surprise, I think, is so important to couples, whether mm-hmm. you're, you've been together for a short amount of time or a long amount of time. Because I think that's really the only difference. And I think that's what makes some people cheat, whether it's there's a merit of reasons why people cheat. Right. But the one I'm thinking of is the lack of attention that people usually complain about. like he or she doesn't look at me anymore. He or she doesn't, when they first used to see me, they would grab me and kiss me. They don't do that anymore. But this guy or this girl that I met at the bar when I was out with my friends, they gave me such attention. And next thing you know, mm-hmm. you're cheating, which is kind of the storyline of that show we were talking about earlier. Right. It's, someone noticed me. I got that feeling of surprise again that I've been missing for so long. Statistically speaking, men usually cheat for sex and women cheat for attention. Those are their driving factors, right? It's a sexual experience that for the most part, I'm talking about majority, Mm -hmm. um, women will receive attention from another person Mm -hmm. and be more inclined to cheat because they're getting attention Mm-hmm. Where where sex, sorry, where men will cheat <laughs> for sex. For like a lack of some part, some sexual act that they're not getting. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Right. If they don't feel like they're getting enough sex, or you know, maybe their husband or wife hasn't had sex with them as mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. or at all then that's kind of their driving force where women are looking more for attention and then they end up having sex. Don't get me wrong, but the the drive there is a little different. Is it almost like the longing for the days of dating? Because it seems like that, where it's like when when you're courting each other, men use, from my understanding of the things that I've heard, men use love to get 
sex mm-hmm. and women use sex to attract love. So <laughs> the biggest freaking mistake. The biggest, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but is, is it like those feelings? Is it like recall those feelings of just like the time of when things are exciting, you were dating and, you know, yeah, the girl, I mean, yeah, I think, I think a great solution to that is to get dressed up, have a date night and you meet at a bar or a restaurant on a Saturday night Mm -hmm. separately. And you just, you play out this role of I'm going to be a new person and I don't know you and I'm going to hit on you. And there's a lot of role play opportunity that you can do with your partner so that you can kind of embrace that newness. A lot of couples do it and it looks a little different for everyone, but meeting at a, a, say your local bar or whatever on a Friday night after work, sitting down and hitting on each other as if this is a new person will help you to kind of recreate that. And if it doesn't work for you, well then, well, it was a fun experience. You know, I like the idea that you just said of just meeting out. Because I think most times as a couple, when you're going places, you go together. Yes. I thought of something recently. I was working one night and my husband and I had tickets to LACMA for the mm-hmm. Obama portraits. And he could get there before that I could. And I'm at work stressed out trying to get off the fucking studio lot as soon as possible <laughs> so I can get there. It kind of recreated the feelings of going on a date of, oh my God, I want to get there on time. You know, I don't want to disrespect his time. I want him to, you know, I want to get there so we could do the same together. So that is a fantastic idea just to ignite a little bit of that. Yeah. Those, that those feelings of excitement, like, oh, we're meeting up somewhere. That's a great idea, Andrea. Just not going Thanks. somewhere together. <laughs> I mean, not to, you know. <laughs> no, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's doing these little things. Yeah. It's finding the little things to break up the monotony of the relationship. You know, like mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier in the episode, the couple that looked bored out of their mind. Mm-hmm. They clearly came together in the same car and they probably got into the car, stopped talking to each other because they felt like date night was over. I'm not obligated. Got home, paid the sitter and called it a night. Yeah. But if they had shown up separately because it was a weekday, Mm -hmm. they could have, you know, even if they're both working from home, which could be part of the problem right now. Yeah. But you show up separately, you get dressed at, you know, separately. And you don't see each other. So that way it's not like, okay, I know what you're wearing. I know what to, yeah. no. It's like, almost the excitement of what is, or what are they going to wear? What are they going to yeah. look like? Yeah. Do it separately mm. at different times. If you have to find a way to make it work and then get in your car or take an Uber and meet there and have that feeling of, you know, I don't already know how this night's going to go. The same person I've been married to for years, but there's a little newness now. And Mm -hmm. if the idea of pretending to be different people or pretending to have just met is too far for you, then at least just do that. Yeah. Just show up separately. So there's that element of, ooh, what's my wife going to be wearing? What dress is she going to put on? And 
that's important too. Make sure you get important. dressed. Yeah. Don't, Don't go, just show up in your sweats yeah, or your no, yoga uh, pants thinking that's enough. No, no. get dressed, do yeah. your hair, put on some makeup, put on a mm. nice outfit, guys, put on a different shirt, clean shirt, look, mm. look good. Look, look good. like you are going on a date. Yeah. Not an interview, but a date. Right. <laughs> and not a date with your wife or husband, but like a you know, I wouldn't say a first date, but you know, first date, second date, third date, Yeah, you're, you're dressing to impress. Yes. I think that's kind of like mainly the difference between couple sex and single sex. It's just the element of surprise, the element mm-hmm. of spontaneity, the element of, Ooh, what is this going to be like? If we can maintain that, then we'll probably have better, healthier sex lives once we are coupled up and we won't have to be sitting there bored to death with each other next to each other for eternity. My goodness, when you put it that way, (laughs) I want to get married. (laughs) I think marriage is actually (laughs) fucking great if that's what you want to do. Like if you're a single person and you love to be, you know, the bachelor or the bachelorette, just having fun. There's this guy I indirectly, I don't want to say his name, but (laughs) he's famous for um, going to certain things in LA. Everyone knows him around the world. People, he's always with like socialite, but he's like a, a, a bachelor well of age, like older, <laughs> much older, but that's the life he likes. I, I mean, yeah. we know his, someone that works with him. And sometimes she tells us about like, where he is in his mind and he you know when COVID happened he was so frustrated because he couldn't go to like Seychelles or some exotic fucking location and right now he's traveling somewhere because you know he's I mean he's older he's single he doesn't have kids I'm like what is that like to be a bachelor of that age and just you know still be out there you know playing the field but some people fucking like that they to just each his own. To each their own. But that being said, I think couple life is great too. If you can keep it exciting, you know, it is fun. Like you, you're actually building a household together, a life together, a routine together. Um, and when you look back on all that, it's kind of awesome if that's what you want as well. I agree. Absolutely. And like, I know we've talked a lot about couples and sex and the intimacy, and we didn't really kind of hit on any of the singles. So I want to make sure that we have like at least a few minutes to touch base uh, about because you and I had this conversation recently about when someone should have sex mm-hmm. when you're single. When do you make that decision to say, hey, I really like you. I think we should sleep together. And it was something that I wanted to make sure that we really touched on because like while you have your couples, And this is not an issue anymore. This is not something you think of. But when you're single, Mm -hmm. especially for women, when you're single, you're thinking, when are we going to have sex? Men Mm -hmm. are wondering, when am I getting laid? Where women are thinking, when are we going to have that level of intimacy? And something that I think is really important to look at is the fact that women will bond through sex. So ladies, if you're listening to me, stop having sex so early into the relationship. Get him to commit to the idea of a relationship to you before you sleep with him. If that's what you want, right? Or right. if you want uh-uh. to be in a relationship with him, 
then you need to wait. If you don't want a relationship with him and you're looking just for sex, then fine, do whatever you want. But if you are going on a date with someone and you're thinking, I want to be in a relationship with this guy, you're going to have sex with him. You're going to bond. Yeah. Because your oxytocin levels are going to go skyrocketing. Yeah. And that's how you bond. Yeah. Where on the flip side, the man, he's not doing, he's not bonding through sex. Come on. And I've no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> I, I had someone the other day trying to convince me like otherwise. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Biologically, he is not bonding through sex because his oxytocin level actually will drop. Yeah. And that is what causes us to bond is high oxytocin level. Yeah. So he's not he's not bonding with you through sex. Yeah. He's bonding with you in other ways. Yeah. And I'm not going to spiral that direction, but I'm just you know, we we keep talking about like, you know, sex when you're single and how great it is, but also we haven't really like touched on the fact that ladies stop giving it up so easily. In fact, yeah. I think my grandmother taught my mom and my mom taught me the whole idea of why buy the cow if you're given the milk for free? Yeah, it's there's <laughs> absolutely a speaking. I mean, okay, so I haven't been the the chaser all the time in my pursuit of dating and whatnot, but I will say this, and based on things that I've heard my friends say, gay or straight, top or bottom, whatever, mm-hmm. there is something to be said about the chase, and usually guys go after the one that's hardest to get. Absolutely. I've known so many guys where I'm going to be real with you. The person that they were chasing (laughs) after was not the best person in the world, but the fact that that person was telling them no, kept the guy interested, but the girl or the other guy that was like throwing the ass at them, blowing them, you know, in the car on the street, when I mean blowing, giving them oral sex, um, wherever they want, doing the kinkiest. Is there another type of blowing that I don't know about? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> doing the kinkiest, nastiest shit for that guy. He will completely overlook that person for the one that they can't get. It is, mm-hmm. it's biological in men. When my husband and I, we didn't have sex for, I think it was two months Mainly because, you know, of a living situation, but that was good because it kind of forced us just, we would spend the first two months of our relationship making out in my red Jeep for at least 30 minutes before he would have to get out, go into his apartment because he had a roommate and then I would go home to my parents' house. For the first two months, that's all we did. So there was a chase for both of us. There was always a, will he, won't he? Mm -hmm. And if- there is something to be said about making the guy think, is she or isn't she? Mm-hmm. Does she or, I mean, does she like me? Or I'm confused. Keeping that in the per- the guy's mind, it's the chase. They like the chase. And I think, I mean, not that I think, you are absolutely right. Just as a man myself, when you're fucking someone, all you're feeling is a warm hole. All you're feeling is a tightness of that hole on your penis sucking at it. And once you come, either you kiss the person because you really enjoy them and you like them, and that's usually someone you're dating, or you're like, okay, time to go. See you later. It's almost like taking a dump and leaving. I'm just being totally explicit and real with you. It's <laughs> kind of just how the anatomy of it works. Whereas in my mind, if you're a female, 
you have to A, get wet, B, get excited for the person, C, you then have to be relaxed enough to allow them to enter inside of your body without the thought of thinking that they're going to possibly overpower you or rape you. So there's a lot, it's like when I used to bottom for guys, the psychological thing you have to go through to allow a man to put himself inside of you is a lot. And a lot of times when that would happen, I would become so hung up on the guy to the point where I was unhealthily attached to them. That's what sex does. And what you're saying for a woman, it does happen for a lot of gay men who are more of the bottoms in relationships. The whole mm-hmm. act of relaxing your whole psyche to let a man come inside of you, there's bonding there. Whereas a guy, for him, all he's feeling is a warm hole. And then when he's <laughs> done, he could just go. Let's be, I'm just being real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I've never heard it explained in that way, but that's enlightening. <laughs> yes. So biologically, the difference is that, you know, we bond through oxytocin and you know, we have this huge spike as women and after you're done with, you know, you're cuddling or whatever you're doing afterwards, because it's not to say that guys won't still cuddle with you afterwards, but let's say you're cuddling after sex and you've been on a few dates and you're thinking, oh my God, this guy really, really likes me. I really, really like him. And we just had sex and it was mind blowing sex. And so now I think I'm his girlfriend. (laughs) Wrong. Wrong. (laughs) That did not make you his girlfriend, honey. Yeah. You never got any kind of commitment from him before. So why does he have to commit to you now? Yeah. You never had a conversation or even put into place anything to say, look, I want us to be exclusive before you had sex. You just had sex. And then afterwards think, okay, now we're in a relationship and he's thinking, sweet. I just got laid. That's all he's thinking. On to the next. It's like the Ariana Grande song. Thank you. Next. Right. Because the whole chase thing for men is this dopamine need, the need to constantly win and win and win. And that's where that chase comes from. Yeah. And if they're not getting it, they're going to find someone who is giving them that dopamine fix. And don't get me wrong. Women have it too, but nothing like men, you know, men have testosterone in play. They have vasopressin in play. They have dopamine these three things have to be in line for him to want to commit to you. Yeah. Not oxytocin. So it's it's so different. You know, our genetic makeup is just so opposite from each other Mm. that I think women really just are misinformed and think that, you know, if I have sex with him, he's going to want to stay. Because when I have mind-blowing sex and he's not going to get sex like this anywhere else and he'll continuously come back because i give the best blow job or i let him put it wherever or he's gonna whatever. come back when he's frustrated with who he's dating to get some more mind-blowing sex yeah <laughs> and yeah. never have sex in the beginning i it took me a long time to learn that as a gay man you just don't do it just don't don't mm-hmm. if you want a relationship like it's like some of my friends that are like obsessed with like Instagram girls or like really hot guys. I'm like, 
guys, come on, you're basing it on a sexual attraction. And it almost goes back to that. If you're basing everything just on the sex side of it, you're, you're, the relationship is going to be superficial. There's no way around that. You're not going to have a fulfilling relationship if you're basing it on the sex. And if you're having sex right away, that's even worse. Right. I will say, though, that for gay men, <laughs> a lot of relationships start off with sex. I'm not even going to lie. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Ho- you meet a guy on Grindr. You, you hook up or wherever you meet them. You hook up. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, you're putting on your clothes, wiping yourself off. And then a conversation may spark. And you're like, hey, so what are you doing later? Oh, well, nothing. I was just, you know, going to maybe watch Netflix. Hey, you want to watch Netflix? And then a relationship starts. Right. That's playing the lottery. Honestly, if you do get a successful relationship out of that, you are a lucky motherfucker. And good for you. I mean, it happens to people. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does happen. But I think we should be a little bit more analog when it comes to dating. We should definitely not be having sex right away if we want to have anything more with that person than just a hookup. So I totally Mm -hmm. agree with you. Yeah. I think it's important. I think if you're dating someone and if you are at that point where you're just like, you know, you're sleeping with someone else. I know I've said this before. I know I'm going to keep saying it. Like if you are dating someone and you're not having sex with them and you do have a regular hookup, you're still having sex with your hookup. It's fine. But like if you're going to start having sex with your partner, the person you're dating, and I don't know if I've said this in the past, so I think there might be some misinformation about what I do. <laughs> <laughs> have a conversation and make sure before you have sex with whoever you are dating, if he or she finds out that you had someone else on the side, even though you never had the conversation about commitment or exclusivity, have that conversation before you actually have sex together. Because I've been telling you, it's going to blow up in your face. Mm. You don't want that to happen. And it might be weeks later, it might be months later, might even be years later, but don't let that happen to you. So yes, some of you I know have heard me say that while you're out there dating and forming these bonds with other people, you can still have, you know, your regular hookup. But as soon as intimacy is going to become a part of this new relationship, you do have to look over hookup. What does that look like though? Like, when do you think intimacy is starting? When the person first asks you on a date, like an official date or that first night that you're at their house, snuggled up on a couch, watching TV, sharing a bottle of wine, that kind of level. Is that when you cut it off with your fuck buddies? Like, when do you think is a good time? Well, some people do the whole cuddle thing on the second date. Mm-hmm. Is that really a good amount of time to know anything about this person except for the fact that like they're really comfy to cuddle with? Mm-hmm. Not really. You know, and a lot of people will date multiple people at once. I can't, I don't know if it's an yeah. age thing. I just can't do that shit anymore. That looks exhausting. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but some people are okay with doing it. As long as you are being really open and honest with we're not exclusive, we're not monogamous, whatever it is, you know, but don't go into it thinking like, well, Andrea said <laughs> to date until we have intimacy and to keep my fuck buddy. Come on. The dating coach said so. <laughs> no, Andrea did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. Because it is a case by case, you know, the level of intimacy that can 
happen between two people mm-hmm. can be very different depending on, you know, how much time is spent, how well you're getting to know each other. What does intimacy feel like? What does it look like for you? Mm-hmm. You know, is a kiss intimate? It is. Does it mean that you have to get rid of your fuck buddy because you kiss someone else? Not necessarily. Oh my God. Kissing is so intimate. It's so fucking intimate. And I've been in situations where my husband and I were going to like one of those sex places and these fucking strange ass men want to kiss me. Granted, people will be like, how can you suck a stranger's dick, but then don't want to kiss them? Kissing is totally different than it's like- face to face. It, yes, it is face to face. You're breathing in like, I, I don't know. It, it's, I think it's much different than like gobbling yes. down someone's genitals. It's, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Kissing is way more intimate than anything. I agree. Kissing is extremely intimate because you are face to face and you have eye contact. Obviously your eyes are closed during kissing, Mm -hmm. or at least I hope they are, (laughs) (laughs) but you see them right before and right after. So yes, kissing is very intimate. It doesn't mean that you have to give up your hookup because Mm -hmm. now you're kissing someone else. No, not necessarily, you know, Mm -hmm. not doing this back to back. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you are. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But you never know. And you never know what sex is going to be like with that new partner either. Because, you know, I've had guys where, damn, their kissing was just so hot. Like, so hot. Like, couldn't stop kissing. But then the sex is like, it's Eh. cool. But, (laughs) you know, it's not like the kissing. (laughs) How does that happen? I always wanted, like, I've had those situations or it's the opposite. Like you're when you're near each other, it's almost like you repel each other. But as soon as the clothes come off, it's like you do the kinkiest, nastiest fucking things to each other under the sun. Like, why is it like that sometimes? Like, how, how does that happen? It's just how we're connected with people. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's different for everyone. But yeah. I mean, I have had those moments where it's just like, I can't stand you. I can't stand you. But those strong feelings are coming from something else and they're not usually legitimately strong anger feelings. It's I'm trying to mask or hide something else. I think you're right. So one of the greatest sexual experiences I've ever had, this is probably sharing way too much on this show, but we should probably Uh, wrap it up soon. You do that. But, um, (laughs) One of my first jobs, uh, <laughs> one of the managers there was the other black guy. It was one of those white places where everyone was white and it was just us two black guys. Anyway, he was a, he was higher up in a company and I did something. I think it was like some kind of weird thing. He got me fired and I fucking hated him. The entire time we worked together, we never talked to each other because it was always like, oh, you know, there can only be one of us here. So, you know, we never really paid attention to each other. This sounds fucked up, but this happens in the black community sometimes. Um, but one time... I was on a dating thing and he started to give his description. I'm like, Hey, that sounds kind of familiar. Like the guy that I work with, he came over to my house. I opened the door. We locked eyes. No. Like, I like, and didn't even say anything to each other. I'm not going to fucking lie to you. He took me up to the guest room in my parents' house and fucked me silly. Probably my top one of my top 10 best sexual experiences of my life. Never talked to him again <laughs> after that. But the hate that was there or the animosity that was there. Holy shit. Didn't kiss him, though. I will tell you that. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. But he was probably feeling that about you the entire time you worked together. Probably. That sexual attraction. And he was probably trying really hard to not let anyone know. So instead he just ignored you. Yeah. And they got me fired. I didn't have to worry about it anymore. (laughs) Well, now he can do you. No, he could do it. Yeah, it's it's cool. I was just I was just bringing it up how like you, you never know the sexual connection that you can have with someone because I've had great sexual ne- sexual connections with people that when we talked to each other it was just like scratching on the chalkboard mm-hmm. and and the flip. Anyway, we should probably wrap up the show now. <laughs> right, but one more note on that: sexual connection does not mean that you have a good relationship either. That it, this is. Because there's a lot of sexual chemistry between people and I've experienced it myself where it's like the sexual chemistry is just insane, the passion, everything, but we don't have a relationship. And sometimes it explodes and it just, it doesn't mean just because you have great sex, you're going to have a great relationship. And I think a lot of people get that confused and they commit to these relationships because, you know, we all want great sex. Who doesn't? But a lot of times those relationships are fucking volatile. Let's be real. Absolutely. So I just wanted to make sure that we made that distinction very clear before we ended our wonderful episode. This has been fun. I like when it's just us sometimes. I think our listeners like hearing us too sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, we like having guests as well. So. If you are interested in being a guest, uh, please reach out to us at date sexier snope. <laughs> oh nope. At date smarter sexier. Glad I know my own business. Date smarter sexier at gmail.com. And we can have a conversation about bringing you on as a guest. We are always looking for more guests and we've pivoted a little bit from having too many professional guests and just having, you know, the guy next door or the gal next door. So you don't have to be a professional. You just have to be open and willing to talk about something semi-sex related, especially for this season. Yeah. With that said, and please. what were you going to say? Cause I want to like start pushing th- that people can anonymously send us questions now. I'm trying to figure out a way to like link that. But for now, if you go to our Instagram page at Date Smarter Sexier, there's a highlight. And in that highlight, when you click it, there's a Google link that will take you to a questionnaire where you can send us questions anonymously. So if you have like a question that you might feel is kind of embarrassing and you don't want us to know who you are, that is a great opportunity to send us these questions and we can answer in either episode 10 or 20 of each season. So Instagram, Date Smarter Sexier, at our highlights, you'll see a button that says ask, click that, and then click the link within that highlight and it will take you to a page to send us a question. That's completely anonymous. Yes. I thank you for reminding me about that one. I keep forgetting. Uh, With that said, also, please follow us on your favorite podcast streaming network and give us a review. We need your reviews. Um, You know, whatever, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, just throw it out. One sentence. Uh, But it really helps us to get the word out and for people to, you know, but not just follow us, but to listen to us and to have access to our content. And join the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
with that said, thank you for listening to us. We appreciate you and keep dating smarter. Thank you for listening to this episode of Date Smarter, Sexier. If you'd like more information on how you can be more successful with love and dating, or to schedule a free consultation with me, your dating coach and matchmaker, please visit datesmartersexier.com. And please subscribe to this show at your favorite podcast streaming platform.